we can shake things up. So have a little think, have a sit down, have a look in the background, look at the marketing, look at your banking, look at your team, those people around you, and look at your clients. And then think to yourself, what am I tracking? What am I not tracking? What is tracking well? And where do I need to go from here? What areas can I look at? Do I need somebody else to look at this for me to give me a better overview because I'm so scattered? Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, coaches, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to the needs of you, the practicing natural therapist. We have interviews during the holiday season and business and mindset support each week so you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated in your practice. Don't forget to subscribe to receive the weekly episodes. And if you want to connect with me, always check the show notes because that's where you'll find the links to book appointments and of course to join the Academy, the membership group where there's constant connection and community with like-minded practitioners. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? Well, I'm doing well. It's very warm here. What's it like with you? Let me know. So let's start. Today, I wanted to talk about measuring impact and success of our business in natural therapies. So what are KPIs, key performance indicators, and do they all apply to us? Which ones should we be picking? Now, I'm only going to pick the ones that I think resonate with me. And you might be sitting there going, whoa, what about that? And what about that? But that's great. That's not a bad thing. That just means that we're getting a greater vision by being more than just me. So we do want to check our metrics and we do want to be able to measure. And there's lots of ways of measuring. So for example, in the consult, right at the beginning, what timing? You're working, doing a one-to-one consult. You have time. Are you giving your client too much of it, right? Are you giving them an hour and a half instead of under an hour? People zone out at 40 minutes. And traditionally, of course, it's been that hour and a half, but they zone out. It's no good doing an hour and a half. And that is a KPI because you're charging. Yes, you're charging more for a first appointment. That's also traditional. And that when we've got health rebates, a first appointment gets a higher rebate than a follow-up appointment because there's a recognition of us doing more of follow-up of research of doing all of the things and you're going to be researching afterwards so it's accepted mostly that your first appointment is going to be more expensive and that's totally fine but we have to decide how long can that client handle being in there 40 minutes is about top so you used to be able to last longer but also the sicker your person is the less time you should have them in your office for so if you can get it under the hour like the 40-minute mark is where the content stops and then you're into maybe making the herbs or deciding what it is you're going to do next, rebooking them and taking their money. Because time that you spend with clients, time that you spend in your garden, time you're drinking a cup of tea off somewhere else, doing studying in front of the computer, this is all quantifiable. It's all measurable. Okay, and something that's measurable like that, we need to be aware of it and go, well, I'm doing hour and a half appointments and that means I can only see three clients a day. Whereas if I did one hour appointments, I could see five. So we really have to think about 
time and money. And there is the outcome. I mean, that's totally rackable when we think about how long we're spending. And we can ask our clients. We can have client satisfaction surveys. I spoke about those last time. And I have to say that I'm not particularly successful with surveys as such. But that's it's when we're asking them, when they're in with us, having that email that they can reply to. But your quantifiable metrics, client retention, how much do they come back or don't they come back? Are you doing lots of first appointments and no follow-ups? What's going on there? I suggest that you record an appointment and listen to yourself. Are you, at the end of it, just not booking them in? You're not telling them how often you need to see them and what the system is that they're about, that they're entering into. Do they not understand the format of your care? So we've got to look at client retention rates, session attendance, length of attendance, you know, how long they're in there for, how long we're running these sessions for. Have you got revenue growth? And what's your financial performance over time? And what is the financial performance of each client? How much are they spending with you to hopefully get better? Is it that they really only need four or five appointments, but you already know those people. So after those four or five appointments, what are you doing for them? How are you keeping them on your books? Because they're your referral base. And how are you getting them to refer to other people to get people in your door? I personally, if someone refers to me, they get a free appointment because by the time they're up for a free appointment, by the time they love me, I know them really well. I don't have to do a ton of research about them. I'm just updating them. And they've referred somebody who's going to see me for however long. When we're with that client and we're doing those health assessments, what about assessing them after the fact? Are you emailing them after the fact? Are you, you know, I've got my 24-hour follow-up email. But what about them? What's going on with them? So there's a couple of clinical things that I do that at day 10, once they've got their product, I'm like, I'm emailing. They have an auto email. And it says, you know, what's happening? How are you feeling? What's going on? And I've set up an auto email, you know, reply to this email, tell me what's happening before I see you in four days time. And those sorts of things help me with my metrics. They help me understand what's going on with my clients. Some clients, you may or may not know my fenugreek, all about fenugreek. So that was something that just totally happened and occurred, right? And I took fenugreek for my cold and my eczema stopped itching. So I started using fenugreek for different things, not just for what it's signed up for, for blood sugars and all sorts of things. I started using it for other things and I've had great success. So I have to keep that information so that I can turn around and say, hey, I'm using it as a cleanse for skin, for itch. This is how I do it. This is the product I use. And this, these are the people who've had success with it. So that's part of your ongoing understanding and clinical relevance and your KPIs as well, your success. What success are you having with your clients? What are the client outcomes? And we need to regularly assess how they're going. So at each appointment, obviously the first appointment doesn't count. Second appointment, I'm like, what's changed since I saw you last? And then they might say, oh, nothing really. Yeah, I couldn't really get it much done. So then I'm like, okay, at your first appointment, you said you're going to the toilet 20 times a day. How many times are you going to the toilet? You know, that's a KPI. That's knowing. And because I've got their notes from last time up in front of me, I'm able to go, oh, well, that's changed. You're only going 10 times now. So we really wanted it down to two. But as you've said, you haven't done all the things you're meant to do. So let's maybe what can we do? How can we change it so that we have greater success and you can meet? It might be that, oh, I don't know, we'll do it kale and they hate kale. And so, you know, there we go. We've fallen at the first hurdle. And whereas, well, do you like spinach? Oh, I like spinach. Great. There we go. An alternative. So we have to look at 
why someone isn't doing something, their reasons for not doing it, but their speed to come to it as well. So it might be that I've asked them to order products. Well, I will have asked them to order products from an online company. So they will get the email from the company saying, buy these items. And then it's up to them to do it. Now, if they haven't done it, why not? It might be they haven't got the money to do it. It might be that they didn't get the email because I typed it in wrong. All of these things, these are all your metrics. But it might be that you're noticing that none of your clients are starting on what you want them to start on until day eight. I like, what? Why didn't you start? Oh, the stuff didn't arrive. When did you order it? As soon as I finished the appointment. Okay, I need to write that down. Maybe I need to change company because my client isn't getting the stuff within two days. It's okay they didn't get it overnight. They will have ordered after 11 a.m. New South Wales or Queensland or wherever, or Perth or wherever the distributor is. So, okay, they didn't get it 24 hours later because they ordered at 5 p.m. They're not going to get it, but they should get it the day after that. We shouldn't be waiting five days, eight days, whatever. That's time to move on. So everything we do in business is checking metrics. Everything we do in business has to be asking those questions and finding out our client outcomes, what those quantifiable metrics are from our clients, from our Stripe, from our banking system. There's all our health assessments for our client, but this is all the background stuff as well. And your health assessments for your client is going to help you know what's going on with the client when you see them. And what about the background stuff? Are you doing the background stuff? Are you looking at your money, at how much each person spends with you? How often they come back or if they don't come back? Sometimes it can be tough. Like, I don't like hearing criticism. For my retreat, I sent an email out. I did a type form and I sent it to everyone. I knew not everyone would reply and that's fine. But then I've got to steal myself to read it. What if they didn't like the retreat I had? What if they don't like these things? People will tell you, everyone liked it, by the way. But you've got to ask these questions and then we've got to be open to the replies and sometimes we then need to work on ourselves to accept those replies. And I am the same as everybody else. I ask for feedback, but sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes it upsets me. It's like you write something in social media and somebody trolls you and it exhausts you and you feel terrible. And you're like, well, well, actually, I was right. I didn't say anything horrible. This person's just a weirdo. Okay, I'm just going to block them, and I've blocked them. But you still feel funny afterwards, don't you? So we have to think to ourselves, I'm going to ask this person for feedback. They might just reply in a weird way because of their weird writing skills, or it might be that they're foreign, and so they don't have the nuances that you'd expect of somebody who was born and brought up exactly where you were, in the same community you were. You'd understand them, you'd understand their nuances. Whereas, of course, the people we see are from everywhere. So we have to be accepting of what they say to us and we have to take it on board. We have to look at it critically as though it's not our feedback, as though it's nothing to do with us. Because if we look at it critically, we can go, actually, you know what? We're not getting on. You're not doing what I'm asking and you're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm not understanding the replies and I can't figure out what's wrong that's stopping you. So maybe... I save my time and you save your money and we find you another therapist. And sometimes we just have to cut the cord and we have to say, this isn't working. Here's a list of other therapists. I'm really sorry, but we're clearly not getting anywhere together. So let's not rebook you another appointment. But the other people that you are getting on with, we want to make sure they're coming back. And why aren't they coming back? Maybe your plan is too big. Maybe they're waiting too long for the plan. Maybe you're just not booking them in. I remember when I first started, I used to forget to book everybody in. And then they'd be saying to me, 
because I'd made it very clear. I see if there's three appointments will be two weeks apart, then we're moving to three weekly, then we'll move to monthly, then hopefully we'll be able to spread it out even more than that. You can see how fast I say it because I say it to everyone. So, but right in the beginning, I would sit that in the consult and then I'd be waving them off and they'd be going, oh, when am I seeing you next? But, oh, I haven't put your appointment. Oh, so it could be you just, you need to put a system in place. So at the top of my page now, it's got OBS and it's got next appointment right at the top. So I can't miss it. I mean, I can't forget to do it. So when we're thinking about tracking our own, all the KPIs, so all the background stuff on the computer, also with the client and their returns, we want to also monitor where our new sources of clients are coming from. Is it, I found my clients come from Google. I've never got clients from Facebook or Instagram, right? But what I do have on Facebook and Instagram are people who found me on Google. Then they go and search me up and they look for me elsewhere to check that I'm a real person to check that I'm doing it, that I'm there. And then once they've checked me out on Insta and Facebook, they will then book in. But they found me on Google. So where are your clients finding you? Maybe you need to be putting love into that space. How are they finding you? We need to analyze those patterns so that we can identify effective marketing channels to move into those areas, you know, areas for improvement as well with our marketing. That's all part of figuring out the background stuff. And it can be really boring to do. It can be really confronting to do. I know how confronting it is. It's why I like Stripe because Stripe has all of my metrics there in front of me and I'm able to look at all my metrics and they make me feel good because I can see that everybody's coming back. I've got return clients. So it makes me feel good, right? And there's areas that you need to look at that make you feel good so that you're more willing to go and look Areas that don't make you feel so good, at the areas that perhaps you're ignoring. Maybe you're trying to do all of the things, and it might be that you need to hire someone to review. I had a VA; she reviews things, and she reviewed my business for me. It was great. There were lots of things I'd forgotten, you know, lots of things she pointed out to me, and it was great. So Reva Assistance, she's called, and REVA Assistance. So I'll put her link in the chat and then actually I should message her and say what is your link so that I get a link so that she can see who comes from me I won't take any money I won't get a, an affiliate but the point is that's part of her understanding of marketing where is it coming from where am I getting my clients from who is sending them to me so we really need to be sitting down and should sit down on a regular basis if you're really small you know seeing the old client here and there it might be once a month or it might be if you're not seeing many clients, you do it after every single client. If you've only got two or three a week, you sit down and you go, well, how did that go? Let me review how I felt that consult went. Let me review what I missed. Let me review what questions I can ask next time because I didn't ask them this time. What research I have to do, how I'm connecting with them. When I've asked them to come back, is it too far away? Is it too close? The last three people didn't come back. So maybe because I booked them a month into the future, I should have booked them two weeks or I'm booking them three weeks. Maybe I need to bring them to two weeks because they're not coming back. We can shake things up. So have a little think, have a sit down, have a look in the background, look at the marketing, look at your banking, look at your team, those people around you and look at your clients and then think to yourself, what am I tracking? What am I not tracking? What is tracking well? And where do I need to go from here? What areas can I look at? Do I need somebody else to look at this for me to give me a better overview because I'm so scattered? So have a good think about it and connect. You don't want to find me. 
And at the end of the podcast, I'd love to chat with you and I'd love to be able to help you. So the link to book a focus call is in the show notes. I can't wait to connect with you. You can email me, Geraldine, at mentoringwithgeraldine.biz. And since you've made it to the end, I'd love a review. I'd love a five-star review. I don't want anything less than a five-star review. Don't put it in if you don't want to give me five stars. But you've made it to the end. You're here. And this is our number two of our four-part series. So I'm looking forward to catching up with you again on the next two of these. So it was great chatting. Have a good one. And I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning, and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.